What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode is episode 42. With me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Small. Hey, um, guys. All week this week, man, I've been eating like a fucking king. My birthday was Sunday, so Wednesday night, we Wait, went out. your birthday at- was Sunday? Yeah, yep. I didn't know this. I think you sent me happy birthday, dude. I, I doubt I that. I think you did on Snapchat. It's fine. Everyone else did, so I assume you did. No one on Snapchat sent you a happy birthday. Okay, you need to wake up. People send you happy birthdays on Snapchat? Yeah, and the group message that we're all in. Oh, man, I missed that shit. I, I honestly had no idea it was your birthday. <laughs> well, no worries. It wasn't about me telling you it's my birthday. Okay. It's about the fact that I ate like a fucking king this week, dude. I am so full right now. My uh, my mother's fiance took me to Nordic. Have you ever heard of that? It's the Nordic Lodge down in Rhode Island. Yeah, all you can eat, like, seafood steak bar, but it's, like, wicked expensive. Oh, my God, it was so good. Ooh. I had so many crab legs, I can't even fucking move right Ooh. now. Wednesday night, we went to Fogo to Show for our wedding anniversary. I'm literally going there Saturday. You are. Fogo yeah. to Show, the Brazilian steakhouse in Fogo Boston. Fogo No shit. Nice, yep. dude. That's awesome. Yeah, so the place is delicious. Good. And it's, it's Portuguese, so it's show. That's how you pronounce it, but it's spelled like chow. It's Brazilian. Yeah. And they speak Portuguese in Brazil? Oh, duh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the place, dude, it's so fucking good. Who are you going there with? Uh, Tara, me and her are going for our anniversary. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's exactly what we did, dude. You're going to love it. It's so fucking oh, good. Oh, no. Dude. We've already gone like seven. This is like the seventh time. It's dude, so fucking good. We went to a place in Aruba that was a Brazilian steakhouse. And I was like, fuck it. Like, let's do another one. And my buddy's from Brazil. And he was like, this place is like top of the line. So, uh, dude, the filet mignon is so fucking good. Like, melt in your mouth, juice. Everything. Delicious. Everything. I tell you a story of how we found that. No, yeah. So first anniversary, I'm trying to find something nice. So I like I literally Google like nice Italian restaurants in my area. And Fogo de Chao comes up. So no Italian. I uh <laughs> so we I you know, play get a reservation, we go there, we're dressed like nice, we get there. It's kinda like casual, like golf kind of attire type yeah, of like. Yeah, casual. like a college trip, but you don't need a button up. And then we get there, I'm like, I feel like I'm just way overdressed. So then we sit down and I'm like, this Which is, is fine, it's your anniversary. Kind of weird, yeah. There's a Fogo de Chow in New York that's an Italian restaurant. I hate that you say chow, dude. I don't know. It bothers it's me just, so much. just how I say it. But that's an Italian restaurant in New York. They're all one big chain. No, but there's a different one in New York that's an Italian restaurant. I bet that one is actually Fogo de Chow, where it's actually C-I-A-O, and it is Italian, yeah. and it's a different chain. Right. And so I thought it was an Italian restaurant. We oh get there. God. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. So best, you did, wait, you didn't know? Best mistake I've ever that's made. That's awesome, dude. I'm like, that's when I left really there, cool. I'm like, yeah, we're going back to this place. Yeah. Dude, flame and yawn that's like perfectly Oh my god. Perfectly yeah. made. And they're just like, here's this, but with wrapped in bacon. And I'm like, yes. I I I try so hard to leave there, like unable to fucking move. Oh yeah, you have to, dude. Yeah. But it's so good. And and after that, and then I went Wednesday and Friday today, we just got back. From the place in Rhode Island, man, I had like king crab legs, lobsters, filet Snapchat. mignon. I'm like, holy shit! So good. You're gonna but be hurting. Enough talking about my fat ass. I really got to buckle down next week. <laughs> Let's uh, dive into the Atlantic Division this week, yeah? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, you're up. All right, my time to shine. We got the Florida Panthers. We'll start off with them. They added Joe Thornton, Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett, or they re-signed Sam Bennett, and then they also re-signed Anthony Duclair. They lost Keith Yandel, Alex Wenberg, Antoine Strollman, and Chris Dreger. Uh Alex Wenberg, after coming off the season in the NHL with 17 goals, was picked up by the Seattle Kraken this offseason as a free agent, which sounds like a decent hit to Florida, but with the pickup of Sam Reinhardt, who scored 25 goals and 15 assists, it seems like the Panthers just made an upgrade. As for defense, this team's lost solid Sorry, they lost two solid guys with Keith Yandel and Antoine Strawman. Mackenzie Wieger, now being their top defenseman, might need to step it up to help out a rookie and struggling goaltender uh, they'll be playing in front of. I'm not like how well defensively this team will be this coming season. Uh, I think they're going to be struggling as just a defensive team. The loss of Chris Streger is also huge. Uh, huge, sorry. <clears throat> Dreger coming in to replace Bobrovsky as a starter and playing his best season statistically since since he's been in the league helped Florida win big games. He now spends a night who's still a rookie and struggling Bobrovsky as your goaltending pair. With <clears throat> sorry, with the loss of two solid defensemen and their starter, expect to see a different Panthers team this season. They won't be as solid as a team as we saw them last season. I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, that's a, 
That is a we talked about this last episode and the episode before where we came down on this epi- um this episode in general for this the Atlantic di- division and trying to figure out who's going to make the playoffs and I don't know if I have him in. I don't know if I have him out. And this is like the first team I did, and I'm just like, oh god, this is going to be difficult. Yeah, this is I think the only question mark team, in my opinion, in this division. That's like they're right on the bubble, but these changes are are going to hit them in a different way than these other teams. So I think that they're still a really good, well-rounded team. But I think that I don't think they lost all that much outside of Dreger. Like, but that's a huge piece to lose. So mm. I'm going to put them in as probably my fourth seed and just, you know, put just, them in there. Just getting in. Yeah, I don't think Yandel is really a huge loss. I think they're moving on at the right time. The team, for some reason, wants them out. Uh, Anton Strahlman and Wen- Wen- uh, Wenberg, Wenberg, not really. I don't know. They don't really stick out to me. Thornton coming in is not great. I don't think. Resigning Sam Bennett's huge. Sam Reinhardt's a good forward, and Duclair resigns really good, too. So. Right. I-, I have them in. Yeah, my biggest problem with this is uh, defensive. Uh, like, we saw him last like we saw the Florida Panthers last season, they were an all-around team that you saw even in the playoffs. They are like, dude, these guys are just going for it. And now that with the big loss of, like, strong defense, and again, Dreger getting out of there, yeah. and now you have, again, Bobrovsky, who 10 mil a year to sit on the bench, and Spencer Knight, rookie. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think I think Spencer Knight's going to step up this season and really fill the shoes. Um Bobrovsky, man, that's that's the biggest question mark on this team. Right. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I think defensively they're not looking too bad. Gudis and Forsling on their last line isn't isn't crazy bad, you know? No. Brandon Montour is getting a little older, but Ekblad and Uyghur as your top pair, that's great, especially in the power play. So mm-hmm. um, what do you think? Are you going to put them out for now and revisit later? Yeah, I'm going to put them out for now. Okay. Mainly because of the whole goalie and uh, defense situation. Yep. I, I, they might have to figure it out. I'm sure – I don't know. I I want to say they'll well they'll figure it out, but you know, this Buffalo Sabres, you know, that team, they didn't figure it out. Yeah, and I mean, that that's the thing with this division now. We got the Sabres and Ottawa in this division. I kind of thought this was going to be one of the more competitive divisions and I think it's going to be another one where there's clear, you know, outliers of like, you know, I I don't see Ottawa or Buffalo making the playoffs obviously, right, so. Right, right. All right, so let's move on here to uh our hometown, Boston Bruins. Uh, they added Linus Allmark, Nick Foligno, Eric Halla, Thomas Noshek, and Derek Forbort. Uh, they lost David Krejci, Sean Corrali, Devon Miller, and Yaroslav Halak. Bruins lost a gain in this offseason, and they didn't have much to lose either. David Krejci, a Bruin veteran known for his playmaking, and Sean Corrali for his offensive help on the third and fourth lines, will be missed, but their replacements come in at a great time to get Bruins back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Nick Foligno, another great uh, league veteran, will come in to give the Bruins solid goal scoring and playmaking as all around as an all-around player. Eric Halla, who had his best season with Vegas during their inaugural season with 29 goals and 26 assists, and Thomas Nosik, who was able to find open space on the ice, will be key to help the Bruins out this season. Uh, goaltending will be a question mark with Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark pairing up until Tukarask maybe comes back late next season. Uh, Allmark, who's been with Buffalo since he entered the league in 2015, is a solid positional goalie that can make the key big saves in a tight game. He comes off a 2.63 GAA and .917 save percentage uh, last season, which is stellar seeing how poorly Buffalo played last season. Absolutely. I expect a better Bruins team this season, but with goaltending being figured out in the big sorry, with goaltending being out uh, figured out in the beginning of all of it. Um, I think Linus Allmark was such like a weird move for the Bruins. Like I figured like maybe like a year, one of those like year signings for like a goalie. But like a four-year sign was just like, hey, like we want you, that type of signing, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, that makes you think about what they're really gonna do with Tuka Rask once he comes back. Um, He's still sitting there, free agent. Yeah, and I think that, as we've seen in the media, that he's willing to wait and play for Boston, and not really field other other offers and play for dirt cheap, as he mentioned on on some podcast or show that he was on. Mm-hmm. But. I think signing him like that shows Allmark's our backup now. So once Rask's back, you know, Swayman, you're going to have to wait a little bit and develop. But yeah. this this season will be very good for us because if Swayman really overperforms, we could sell high on him. Oh, yeah. Or that shows us, like, the future's looking all right, you know? Right. Um, the loss of David Krejci is fucking huge. 
but I think Nick Felino coming in should be a good filler for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Krejci was playing on the second line, I believe, and Felino is a right right winger on the third line right now. They put Hollow on there with Jake DeBrusk, who's been a fucking just a ghost lately. Right. Derek Forbord on D, I do like the pickup. He's more of that grit that you're going to be missing from Kevin Miller from last season. Yep. Um, I think that goaltending obviously is going to be the biggest question mark, and what you said about Allmark's stats with the shitty Buffalo Sabres team he was on last year, uh, that that says, you know, chapters says, about him. It so. says so much. Like, you go back, I mean, he's been, been with Buffalo his whole, uh, his whole career. But then when we look at, at the team, uh, we shitted on, on him all uh, all last season. But you look at those stats and be like, I guess in a sense, like, if you're just looking at stats, you're like, oh, he didn't do, do too well. But, like, you look at those stats and then look at Buffalo Sabres as the organization, you're like, holy shit, this guy was standing on his head. I mean, a 263 and 917 is nothing to shake a stick at. Like, that's no. pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think you could compare him to, like, a Jonathan Bernier. He had, I'll cover him later on, but he had roughly the same stats on the shitty Detroit team last year. So mm-hmm. um, I am going to put them in the playoffs. I think that there's a lot of moving parts here, but with the top two lines and the way that they play, I think the the Bruins will make it. Yep. Even with a new goaltender and I'm, I'm everything else coming in. Yep. Yeah, I guess uh, jump back on Swayman there too. Uh, yeah, I like I like where you went with Swayman, where you just kind of sell high, but also I think uh, Swayman's coming in at like the perfect time for this team, where. Maybe throw him. I wouldn't say maybe, but yeah, he's definitely gonna be thrown back uh, to Providence Bruins to you know get the. What am I trying to say here? To uh, get his time down there to I mean, develop. Yep. Develop. Yeah, they did the same thing with Tuka Rask way back in the day, and uh, I think we're gonna be see, seeing Jeremy Swayman uh, be the new uh, star once Tuka Rask. And I feel like last the... year the the biggest issue we had was our defense and. You don't, you don't really notice it at the time, but now looking at it, two of your six defensemen are from trades. We have Mike Riley and Derek Forbert on D now mm-hmm. after losing Krug, and there was another defenseman that we lost to, Kevin Miller. Miller. So having those two slot in, it, it seems like we'll be all right, all right. I think. so. Um, anything else to add to that? No, it's good. Uh, let's move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. <clears throat> they added Peter Morozek, Nick Ritchie, David Kampf, and Andre Kosh, right? Cachet. Cachet. They lost Frederick Anderson, Zach Hyman, Joe Thornton, and Zach Bogosian. Between Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares, taking up $32.6 million worth of cash base, we knew this team won't be able to sign another solid player, sorry, more solid players like Zach Bogosian, uh, who was signed to a one-year, $1 million contract. Freddie Anderson, who had five mil a season, and Zach Hyman, who's getting 2.25 mil a season. Additions like Morozek will help Jack Campbell, who solidified his spot at the starting goalie as a starting goalie for Toronto last season, and Nick Rin- Nick Ritchie and Andre Kosh, who've already played with each other in Boston, will definitely be a solid third or fourth line combo that can score some goals and make solid plays. Toronto Toronto still needs to find their thing they're missing. Paying three players ridiculous amount is not helping the team get there, and you saw that with their three to one series lead fallout against Montreal where they lost three in a row and got knocked out first round last season. Expect another goal-scoring offensive team next season that can make playoffs, but don't expect them to go any further in the postseason until something happens or the team makes a move that gives them the flame they're looking for. They're they're one of those like offensive teams. I don't, would you even call them all around? But they're in a sp- so difficult spot with those three players, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. That whole debacle right there is hitting them real hard in cap space where they're like, all right, well, we got to figure, kind of build a team around three guys, you know? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what it is. You said, what the question that you just asked, it's it's honestly, they can't have depth with that much cap space taken up right there. And they're not an all-around team because their defense lacks because of that. Right. Last year and the years past, the goaltending gets exposed every year. The fucking Toronto fans hate their goalies, hate their defensemen, but they praise these three forwards because they're fucking nasty, which they are. Yeah. But you you can't tie up more than a third of your cap space on three guys and expect to have a team that's going to make a good run. Right. Um, so, I mean, honestly, they got to get rid of one of them, I think. And you can't really get rid of that John Tavares contract at this point. No. So if you're looking at getting rid of Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin, Leafs fans are going to... They have option B, option A, option B, and they're just going to say no. Right. We're just going to keep both of them and live with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Right now they have Nick Ritchie on their first line left wing. Woof. Oh, that is Jesus. ugly. Uh, but <laughs> William Nylander and John Tavares on second line is pretty good. Um, but, I mean, yeah, their third line's kind of nuts. Wayne Simmons, Jason Spezza, Andre Cachet. Like, that's, that's like, just that's... bruiser, like, old man line, you know? Yeah, that's awful. That's funny. So oh. uh, I think that this team is going to make the playoffs. Jack Campbell played really well last year. Mm-hmm. Peter Morazic should probably step up for them and help out. It's oh, better yeah. than Anderson, who was playing in the minors last season. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so I am going to put them in, but I don't really respect them. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is another team that I was kind of just like, oh, what, what the hell is going to happen? But, yeah, I guess when you look at, like, the division itself, they're going to be playing the majority of these teams throughout the whole season. So um, they're going to have a few issues, I think, with Tampa Bay maybe. Uh, They're going to have an issue with Boston and maybe Florida. So, like, yeah, I got them in. This is going to be, like, a weird division, I guess, with all these changes going on. But you got anything else to add to the Toronto Maple Leafs? No, I mean, honestly, I like like them. I like that the whole country – honestly likes the Leafs. I think like all of Canada wants the Leafs to do well. Because um, I, I feel like they are Canada's team before Montreal would be. Like in the past it was Montreal, but now I think people are like, all right, the Leafs are really fucking good. Like they should do something and they just don't. But I, I do wish them well and want them to do well. Right. So that's all I got on that. They become like the joke though too. It is, man. It's fucking, it's such a long drought and to make the playoffs all these years and get bounced in the first round, it's just like, oh, it's, my God, yeah. they did it again. How did they do it again? Exactly. All right, so moving on to my last team. We got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they added Corey Perry, Brian Elliott, Zach Bogosian, and Pierre – oh, sorry. Uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar and Brent Seabrook. Uh, they lost Barclay Goudreau, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and Tyler Johnson, Yikes. which – That's a lot. Woof. Uh, speaking of Toronto and Montreal, Champa Bay picking up Corey Perry and Zach Bogosian will help soothe the pain of losing four great plays this offseason. Not exactly sure why Tampa picked up two 36-year-olds, Brian Elliott and Pierre-Edouard Belmere, but both can help in their own ways, Brian Elliott being a veteran backup for Vasilevsky and Pierre-Edouard Belmar being the ninth player in NHL history born in France was drafted at the age of 29 by the Flyers and helped Vegas make it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2017 with a 51.1 faceoff win percentage. Might be the reason why. Uh, defensively, you're going to see the same Lightning team as you have, but for the offense part, it will be different. Uh, they'll miss Yanni Gord, who had 17 goals, 19 assists last season, and Blake Coleman, who had 14 goals and 17 assists. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the team as a whole will play like next season, and we'll be getting the answer to that soon. I wouldn't doubt this team will make the playoffs, but I also don't see them being an untouchable team either throughout the season like they were last season and postseason, and even if they do make it. Uh, yeah, you're going to see a different team. It's not, again, they're not going to be this untouchable force in the NHL, but there will be a team that will make the playoffs. And this is where I start screwing up because I'm like, all right, I think I already got four teams in, but I got a few more teams that I want in the (laughs) the playoffs too. Yeah, I think that... I think those four players that they lost is just a stab. It's huge to see, but I think that the team's going to be all right. The only thing that I think is going to be kind of what bites them in the ass, honestly, is that they literally have nothing to play for and nothing to lose. They won the Cup two years in a row back-to-back. The organization's looking at it as, like, who gives a shit? Like, maybe we don't want success this year. Maybe we want to be a little bit worse. And then the next year we come back and and give it another go. But, I mean, looking at the line still, they're still looking really good Good. across the board. Like, their fourth line of Patrick Maroon, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Corey Perry is, like, pretty fucking solid. I mean, they still have Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Alex Kalorn, Anthony Cirilli. They're all really good forwards. They're still stacked. And on defense, Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev, and then the other three just slot in, you know? Right. Um, and Andre Vasilevsky is just a fucking mutant, dude. Like, he, he's head and shoulders above the next best goalie in the league every time, I think. You look at, like, the goalie tandem that the – or what the goalies on their website, and you see Vasilevsky and, like – Four other, like, no-names, and you're like, oh, who gives a shit? It's Vasilevsky's in mm. net. He's a fucking god. Like, I-, I don't know. Like, and I don't know if that's a problem or not. I don't know if, I don't know if the Tampa Bay Lightning organization is just like, 
maybe we should start looking at like decent backups for Vasilevsky because how long is Vasilevsky going to be the absolute brick wall Vesna candidate that he is, you know? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, all things come to end. So I think you get a good backup in there. I don't think Brian Elliott's the guy. I think he's a nice Band-Aid for your backup position. But you get a nice young player to go in behind Vasilevsky and learn from him and really train with him, and that can become your next guy, you know? It won't be a Vasilevsky, I don't think. But um, I am going to put these guys in, and that actually does fill out my four. What about you? You putting them in? Yeah, I'll put them in. All right, perfect. So I have Florida, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. Matt gave me all the shit teams. (laughs) So I got a... You're good with Tampa, right? Yep. So for the Buffalo Sabres, we have some additions here. They added Will Butcher on D, Vinny Hinestroza as a forward, Craig Anderson in net, and Robert Hag on D. For subtractions, we lost Rasmus Ristolainen on D, Sam Reinhardt as a forward, Linus Ulmark in net, and Jake McCabe on D. Uh, Will Butcher was playing with uh, with the Devils for the last four years. Uh, the number of games played actually dwindled down to 23 last year. For a prospect, that's not great, honestly. Like, he... He was with the team for four years, and he was playing a full season at the beginning of it, and they basically were like, either our team's good enough that we don't need you in the lineup, or B, you kind of suck, kid. Like, we need you to develop more in the minors. And that's like four years down the line, so I'm not really liking the Will Butcher pickup. Mm-hmm. Hinnestroza and Hag, too, it seems like the same story. I'm not really sure what these moves are about. I get, like, hoping that these guys have bounce backs, but that's a lot of gambling to do for a team that needs some help right now. Um, there's a lot going out and not a lot coming in to re- like in replacement of everyone. Like Ristolainen on D, Reinhardt, like Reinhardt as a forward and Allmark and that you've lost big pieces on all three ends and you brought in like an old wet blanket and fucking Craig Anderson. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I think full tilt rebuild here. No fucks given. Dead last. Here we come. And that's it for the Sabers. Um. Yeah. No, you're right. And. You're you're right when they like they're just so the Buffalo Sabers after the last season and the seasons before they're just they're in a total rebuild and that's what you're gonna see they're gonna suck like the Edmonton Oilers were for so so long remember like the fans were just throwing it like their jerseys on the ice because it's how fucking shit they were like now that they've finally rebuilt a team the Edmonton Oilers you get the fans back they're a great fucking team uh, they just had a great pickup. Um, Fuck, what's his name from Toronto? Oh, Zach Hyman went to Edmonton Oilers. So add that name to that already stunning team that's going on right now. And that's what's going on with Buffalo right now. Uh, they just need to make the right moves. But they didn't, in my uh, but opinion. But they didn't. They kind of missed, missed and the shot here. Yeah, they missed. I don't know what the hell. I, I, I don't know what they're doing at all. The pro, so, I don't know. We're going to see a just rough Buffalo Sabres team for a while until something happens. And Sabres fans are fucking diehard, dude. Buffalo has, like, awesome fans when it comes to um, the Buffalo Bills and the Sabres, man. Yeah. Like, they have a diehard fan base, so it's, like, kind of heart-wrenching to watch. It man. is. And right. it just kind of seems like the organization doesn't give a shit, like, bringing in these names to replace the big names in the league. Like, Rasmus Ristolainen is going to be a stud defenseman. Right. I think he went to uh, Philly. Not 100% on that, but... He's going to be fucking great there. You're good with uh, Buffalo? They're not in the playoffs for you? Yeah, no, they're, not, okay. they're not. Yeah. So the Detroit, Are they in for you? Yeah, I, I think so. As my fifth playoff <laughs> team, they might make it. So the Detroit Red Wings here. Uh, they added Alex Nedeljkovic in net, Nick Letty on D, Pius Suter as a forward, and mm-hmm. Simon Edvidson in, on D. Uh, for subtractions, they lost Jonathan Bernier in net, Luke Glendening as a forward, and Darren Helm as a forward. Obviously, Nedeljkovic is going to be great for a recovering Red Wings team here. Uh, Nick Letty on D is another huge one coming in from the Islanders. Pius Suter is a great young prospect who can hold his own in Chicago. Um, and then Simon Edvinson, he's a first-round draft pick this year, number six overall. He should be great for the team in a few years. You'll probably see him get some early action, kind of like Trevor Zegras. But um, I think he might be 17 years old. I'm not 100%. There's a few of these um, first-round draft picks that were really young, so I don't know if we'll see them right in the show, obviously. Uh, but a team like Detroit could mix him in very early. Uh, the loss of Bernier is going to hit kind of hard here. Consistent save percentage, but his GAA has gone up over the years, and I think the GAA went up more due to the team in front of him than himself as his save percentage has gotten better. Um, and moving on from Helm and Glenn Denning is not the worst thing in the world. Those guys are a little bit older, and they're getting younger and growing and, and looking at the future rather than the right now. I'm trying to word this as well as I can. But uh, Detroit... Suck? Suck? <laughs> suck fest? <laughs> Detroit is another another Buffalo where they 
they have so many better names than Buffalo, which is the hard which thing Which is for the me. hardest part. And you saw it last season where you're just like, what the hell? Like, But I, I think this is another case of the guy in the – I can't fucking remember his name. Who's the who's the GM there? I'll look it up and, and figure it out. But he's making the right moves, man. He's bringing in the right guys. It's a Red Wings player that's the GM there now. I'm going to find out. Stevie what you, Eisenman? Steven Eiserman. Yes, correct. Okay. He he is making the right moves for this team and moving them in the right direction. Right. I think they'll be ahead of schedule too, honestly. Yeah, I think they'll be – I think they'll be moving up uh, a lot faster than Buffalo Sabres. I think their problem right here is taking Alex Nedeljkovic. You can't just use that as a band-aid. Your goalie is only good as the players in front of them. Uh, I know I just I know we just talked about Linus Elmark and how good he is, and that's him standing on his head. But but Nedeljkovic is young, and to put him with this group of young players that are all on the rise, I would like to see them grow together, and he could become that guy for them. You know, right? Rather than like let's get fucking Andre Vasilevsky into this team. Right. Like what good does that do us? Great. You have Andre putting up a brick wall, but we're still losing every game because at the end of the day. Our guys can't score a goal, so it, like eventually, like their goalie will crack. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I love what they're doing. It's like kind of small. It's 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 slow build up, uh, especially adding guys like Nick Letty to defense yep. and Pius Suter, who's a forward. Uh, great moves, great guys to pick up. They're not gonna. It's not one of those things where just like it's all in type of thing. They're just like, all right, let's slowly get this team back to. Stanley Cup contenders like they were back in the day, back in 2008, 2009, when they were just constantly in the uh, Stanley Cup finals there. They uh, they had, like, the longest, I believe, longest, like, playoff streak in NHL history. I think they might still have it. They had made the playoffs for, like, 30-plus years consecutively, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Right. So, like, the Red Wings used to be really good team. Right. So the Red Wings are making the better options, uh, better moves here compared to Buffalo. Uh, they are on the rise. Obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs next season, but I do hope they do look or play better than they did last season. They they could be one of those surprise surprise me teams as like the four seed, but I just don't see it. I don't see it either. Yeah. But I think they'll be playing, hopefully, uh, with Nadelkovic and the again the additions of Letty and Suter. I think they will be playing better than what they have been. Yeah. And uh, that'll be good to see, especially for you Detroit fans out there. Uh, we're going to see a better uh, Detroit team coming up next season. All right. Next up, we have the Montreal Canadiens. This one was kind of hard for me. Uh, the additions, <laughs> Mike Hoffman as a forward, David Savard on D, Matthew Peralt as a forward, and Cedric Paquette as a forward. They lost Phil Deneau as a forward, Corey Perry as a forward, John Merrill on D, and Thomas Tatar as a forward. Uh, big question mark here, Mike Hoffman. Can he turn his career around? He's surrounded by young talent now, and I think he should be able to. Uh, he's a consistent goal scorer and a point getter. He played really well back in Ottawa, and then all that shit happened. He went to Florida, and last year in St. Louis, he didn't do so well. Um, and I think that's more on him than on the team because I think St. Louis is a decent squad for him to slot in at. But he's usually putting up, I believe, like 15 to 22 goals a season. Um, so he he can turn it on, and I think that this can be a team that he can turn around by turning it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, all these other moves are just depth, really, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but the losses here, there are some important pieces there, like Corey Perry and Thomas Tatar. Even though they're lower-line minute guys, like Corey Perry, Thomas Tatar being like a decent prospect that was mm-hmm. growing for them. Right. Um, I'm sure that they got a nice return for Tatar. I forget what it was, yeah. but uh, those are two decent ones to, to lose. Yeah. What did um, you say, Philip Denal, too? Yeah, Philip, Philip, Philip Denal, too, yeah. Philip Denal, yeah. Yep. Um, and then little fun fact too, Corey Perry was in the last two Stanley Cup finals. Uh, no cup though. He won one in 07 with the Ducks. Ducks. So yeah. It's fine to see that name, man. He's been around for a while. But this the worm, man. He's a worm. fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Do you remember my favorite clip of all time was, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show already, when he gets thrown out of the outdoor game. I think it was in, yeah, it was in Dallas when he was on the team. They put like the Curb Your Enthusiasm song over it and he has to take like this long walk by himself. <laughs> Uh, like out of a hockey rink, out of a football now. stadium, yeah. And he got thrown out. Like I think it was like three minutes into the game for like boarding someone or some shit. Yeah, I he, he crushed someone. Yeah, yeah. but dude, the Curb Your Enthusiasm music over it was fucking hilarious. He's taking this long ass walk, so good. It was like a football stadium, and it's like you're going from like the whatever, like midfield, all the way to like, yeah, down to the locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> and the cameraman just like following him too, like panning with him. It's great. Um, so I think this is a team that could slot in as a fourth, but I'm going to put them out for next year. I think 
a deep playoff run was really good for them last year. Mm-hmm. They got further than anyone expected of them. Carey Price coming off of surgery, correct, or injury? Yeah, he had uh, leg surgery. Yeah. Actually, uh, I guess we could jump into that right now since we're talking about uh, Carey Price this week was back on the ice uh, training um, or just doing, like, skate work, uh, which is big, actually big news because he's in the middle of a 12 – he's supposed to be out for 12 weeks, and uh, this is his seventh or eighth week in, and he's – Good enough to be on the ice yeah. and do skate work, so it's great news for the Montreal Canadiens, um, and for us Carey Price fans. Uh, for but, you, for me, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Montreal is a question mark. I mean, I don't. The Montreal Canadiens aren't going to have a run they had last season. Last season was just I want to say fluke, but it was just. It, everything they jived, they like came together at the right time. Right, everything was right timing for them. We're just like these te- If this team won this series, they wouldn't have a chance. But they lost, and now they have a better chance. Guess mm-hmm. it, like everything just worked perfectly for them. Uh, you're not going to see that again this coming season. Especially, I, I know we losses. talked about it on the Peter Mandarino episode, but I still kind of put that asterisk there. That's just me. I mean, <laughs> you kind of make it so that a Canadian team has to make it out of the second round. <laughs> Kind of suspect, NHL. Kind of looking at you. (laughs) So, I guess to break down what I have... um, uh, No. Oh, my God. I almost freaked out right there. Um, Sorry. Uh, So, I have my teams kind of broken down here. So, I have Florida, Boston, Toronto, Tampa making the playoffs. I have two question marks here, though, and it's Florida with the question mark and Montreal with the question mark. I could have Montreal or Florida both not making or making it, and that's my hard decision right there. But if you have them both out, who do you have in? No, 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 no. I have Florida in with the question mark and Montreal out with the question mark. So I don't know if Montreal's going to make it or Florida isn't going to make it, and that's Mm -hmm. my problem. Uh, Florida's going to be based off of goaltending and defense. Again, as we talked about, uh, not full blown all around team like they were. So I, I my way of looking at it is that Montreal was in that Canadian division where they were clear like let's beat the shit out of the Ottawa Senators and the Vancouver Canucks and steal okay. points from them. Yep. Now we're in a real division, but it's all honestly like six and one half dozen because now we're gonna beat the shit out of the Sabers and the Detroit Red Wings and Ottawa still and steal points from them. So you made it my mind right there. What do you think? You think Florida? You made it in my mind. Yep. So Florida, Boston, Toronto, Cause, Tampa. Because Florida was in a harder division, I think, and still made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And they almost beat the Tampa Bay Lightnings in that in that uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in that series last season. Right. So we have the exact same picks for this uh, this division. Really? So we're both going to be dead wrong. That's great. It's kind of easy though. Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Yeah, I think all three of them aren't going to make it. So no. Who's going right. to be the worst out of the three? Buffalo. Okay. I think Ottawa is coming back. We're going to get into them next, but I think Ottawa is coming back with almost the same group of guys, the same core that were trying to get it all together last season, and hopefully they'll figure it out this year. Mm-hmm. I think Detroit is going to uh, take a little jump over whoever's next in line because of all the moves and acquisitions that they're making. Okay. And I think Buffalo didn't really do anything to, you know, wow me. So Sounds good. All right, so last team here, we got the Ottawa Senators. We both agree that they're not going to make the playoffs, but the additions they have here, Nick Holden on D, Michael Delzato on D, and Tyler Boucher as a forward. We have subtractions of Evgeny Dadanov as a forward, Derek Stepan as a forward, and Ryan Zingle as a forward. Uh, Tyler Boucher, first-round pick this year, number 10 overall. Uh, I love the young core here. It's definitely going to take some time, and they definitely have to you know, grow and develop together. Uh, mentioned, mentioned it before with another team, but there's not many important moves here. Uh, it's honestly not as important as I thought initially, but they have another year with the same team to regroup. So a couple episodes ago, I said, they're not making any moves. Like this is bad, but I think it's a good thing because they're like, let's stick with who we have and and put us all together and try and give it another shot to, to regroup and circle back. Mm -hmm. Like, um, they have Tim Stutzel, they have Ryan Dezingle, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. They have Tyler Boucher coming in. They get these young guys and, and I think, I think it's Brady Kachuk. We always get them fucking mixed Mm -hmm. up. Um, but I like the chemistry that they have going, and they just kind of need to get it to click better. And they did get very streaky last season where they lost like 12 games in a row, and they would win like eight games in a row. So they have it there. They just really need to figure out how to put the plug back in when things get bad. Um, And then lastly, I think that their loss of Dadanov, he fell off a bit last year. I think they had to sell low on him, which kind of sucks because I think this player can definitely bounce back. He played really well with the Florida Panthers and was one of like the most talked about players in the league for a little bit. Uh, I'm yeah. 
So I'm, I'm with you on this. Uh, one thing I'm noticing here, too, is their additions for defensemen here. It's like almost kind of being like, all right, we need we need defense on this team. But they need just everything on this team. Uh, at the same time, yeah, you're right. Dead enough kind of was falling off. But I do like Derek Stepan. Uh, Zingle was pretty good. Uh, but Nick Holden, Michael Delzato, uh, they're, they're great pickups, especially for defensemen. Nick Holden coming from... Um, uh, I'm putting myself on the spot here. Nick Holden's coming from, uh, oh, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, that's right. Yep, and Michael Del Zotto. I remember him for the New York Rangers uh, being a solid defenseman. So uh, good pickup in a way for lo- losing a bunch of uh, forwards there. Again, Ottawa's another team just going through a rebuild they went through, like, what, 10 goalies last it, season? It's kind of bad for the league to see how many teams are rebuilding all at the same time. Like, you'd think that with the talent and the growth that we see in all the young players across the world that are, like, the modern-day athlete is so much better than athletes of the past. Yeah. Every day, mm-hmm. day in, day out, seven days a week, right. diet, eat, you know, sleep, hockey, fucking workout. It's just all they do. And they didn't have that back in the day either. No, they didn't really know. They kind of did like... Smoking in the locker rooms. Yeah, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Which is sick. Like, that's my kind of league. But, um, <laughs> like, you you kind of think that there wouldn't be as many teams rebuilding as there are. No. It's tough to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially see... If, it's tough to see in a big, uh, big but league. The, the good teams are really fucking good, which is yeah. also very cool. And to the see. shit teams are really shit. Yeah, I want to get back to Ottawa Senators too and the goalie, because uh, everything's just kind of clicking for me. Remember they went through like ten different goalies. Remember like their last like leg goalie was um, uh, Joey Decord. And then he came in, played Stella, and then like midway through the second, went out with an injury. And yeah, like, and then he the won. Did he wind up in Ottawa? Or, I mean, in uh, Dallas? Or am I making that up? Uh, Joey Decord, I think I picked up by the Seattle Kraken, if I'm not mistaken. Seattle Kraken or uh, Vancouver Canucks, somewhere out out west. Um, yeah, I mean, they got to figure out their goalies. They got to figure out, uh, they just got to figure things out. I knew he was from around here. He works with a lot of the, uh, the goaltending coaches out here, I'm pretty sure. I follow him, man. He's, uh, he's been doing a bunch of stuff with, uh, stop a goaltending up in Andover. I think he's still with Ottawa in the A as of right now, too. As of right now? Yeah. Arizona State University, though. That's pretty cool. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been all around, uh, the seaport. I follow him. I'm just like, maybe I can creep and just, like, go down there. Bump into him one day. I didn't know you were here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man, this team is fucking brutal. Yeah. Ready for the – I'm just going to run through the forward lines because this is nuts. Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Tim Stutzel, Shane Pinto, Connor Brown, Nick Paul, Logan Brown, Colin White, Alex Fermentin, Chris Tierney, Austin Watson. I know fucking two names on that team. <laughs> and then defense, Thomas Shabbat, Nikita Zaitsev, Michael Delzato, Artem Zub, Nick Holden, Eric Brandstrom. I know like three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And then in net, you have obviously Matt Murray and Anton Forsberg. Man, that's like – that's terrible, dude. To see, like, we we cover hockey on a weekly fucking basis, and for me to only really recognize two big Couple names, names. Yeah. on their entire forward core, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't like that. But maybe in a few years, you know, right. we'll see something. All right, so that finishes the Atlantic Division, that it finishes our uh, division breakdown, and uh, that starts Chris getting up from the chair again and getting another beer. Um, so it's just me talking. So I do want to get into a few things here. A bunch of stuff, uh, happened within like the past, well, yesterday and today. And, uh, good thing we waited cause it's Friday. We usually, we've been recording on Thursdays as of late. Uh, but the first thing I want to jump into is we're talking about the crack and they also, they signed today. Uh, Ryan Donato to a one-year deal for 750k. Uh, I like the signing. I think the Kraken is going from their weird thing of drafting, signing, trading for I don't know, like route draft draft picks, and now they're picking up great players. I'm like, what what are you guys doing? Like they're laying some groundwork that's uh, kind of confusing in a way, but they're looking good. I think they're okay at best. Uh, I do have them in the playoffs as my four seed, I think. Uh, This signing is honestly just depth, and it's a good young player. Mm -hmm. But you see this young player that you're like, all right, maybe they'll they'll grow with a one-year contract. It's like, what's that going to do for you? So I think they're still on board with the let's look at the future kind of thing. Right. But, I mean, I'm all all for it. Good for Ryan Donato. But I I just don't think – I think the one-year contract for a league minimum is kind of weird for a guy like that. Right, right, right. 
Uh, any more? Else, anything more else you want to add to that? Because I got uh, want to break down the ranges. Uh, so this happened about like a month ago. I've been wanting to get into it and talk about it. Uh, so to go back to the Rangers, uh, back in May, we talked about this. The Rangers fired head coach David Quinn and three of the assistant coaches in one day. Uh, we talked about one of the games was the Hofford Wolfpack head coach or was assistant coach came up to play a game and it was like just him on the bench. And uh, it didn't look good for a while for uh, the Rangers her, uh, with, you know, coaching. Uh, but they made a move here to sign uh, Gord Murphy, Mike Kelly, and Jim, sorry, Jim Midgley as assistant coaches of the Rangers under head coach uh, Gerard Gallant. Um, so I guess to talk about Gord, Mur- Gord Murphy here, uh, he worked as an assistant coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets from 2002 to 2003. Kind of moved around. He was hired as an assistant coach by the Flyers on June 8th in 2014 and then was fired in 2018. So he's kind of been around. Uh, he was the associate associate head coach of the Half Wolfpack uh, for the Rangers AHL affiliate team. So he's got like, he's been around with the Rangers for like quite some time. So expect a good, uh, that's what you want from an assistant coach. You want someone who's kind of been with like the organization that knows like, how they play, uh, what they're looking for. So I think you're going to have a good assistant coach with that. Um, the other, Mike Kelly, you know, same thing. Jim Midgley was kind of funny. So Jim Midgley, uh, what I found, his resume includes nine years coaching in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, two years as the director of hockey operations for a school in Midwest Prep Hockey League. Damn. Yeah, a stint as a video coach for Canada's 2016 World Junior Team. A year as an assistant coach in Germany and uh, the 2020-2021 season as amateur scout for the Flyers. So he hasn't really coached at all in anything more than the Quebec Major Juniors. So it'll be kind of interesting to see him jump from the Major Juniors straight to the NHL. What did he do in Germany? Um, he coached, right? Yeah, he, um, he oh, it was a video coach. Video coach. Yep. I think that this guy has every tool in the toolbox now. From that career, he's done everything, man. Video coach, director of hockey ops, assistant coach, all that shit. Like, that that's a great addition, and I think this is the first test of, like, can I really get the job done here? And if he can, I, I think he's going to shine, honestly. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I, obviously, you won't see it from them. You're going to see it as a team whole. Mm-hmm. Throughout how the team plays, you're going to see it. And I, and I think the shitstorm that was Tony D'Angelo that happened there was – Kind of what ignited all of it because the Rangers were underperforming for what they should have been. Right. Um, I think. Also, did you see actually the Carolina Hurricanes sent him down to the minors too? Tony oh, really? D- yeah, Tony D'Angelo. They just signed him and then they re- released him, is what they called it. But he, they just sent him down to the minors, basically to the AHL team, which is fine. God, that was a fuck. That was fucking brutal. Yeah. I uh, want to move on here. Want to help me out with the uh, Leafs Sabres? Yeah, so the Leafs and Sabres are playing the Heritage Classic outdoors at Tim Horton Field in Hamilton, Ontario. That'll be on March 13th this season. I believe there's maybe like three or four other outdoor games that are going to be done this season, right. but this was the one of the big ones that'll be done. I right. thought that's pretty cool. It's become the norm now, outdoor games, but I love it. Uh, Heritage Classic, uh, big game. Leafs Sabres, that's going to be Old school rivalry to see, yeah. Old school rivalry. Hopefully, uh, uh, Sabers can actually put up a fight. That'd be cool to see. Can you imagine like an eight nothing game? No, I don't want to see that. That's <laughs> boring hockey. <laughs> Hopefully, the NHL figured out from the Bruins Flyers game like how how to operate with the Heritage Classic. But honestly, this is going to be in Ontario, so it's going to be cold as shit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, they weren't in. Uh, where were they? Nevada? No. Where were they in the uh, outdoor classic last? Uh, remember they had the two games back to back. They had the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, Colorado. Yep, that was uh, in Philly. Lake Tahoe. Oh, Lake Tahoe. Lake Colorado. Tahoe. There we go. Or Utah, wherever the fuck that is. Wherever the fuck. Um, but yeah, and I think that I thought that the Heritage Classic was going to be all Canadian team always because I think. The other ones that have been played were always just the Canadians team, so I was like never really interested in it. I thought it was weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's all I got there. That sounds good. I want to just, <clears throat> as goalie sluts here, uh, let's dive into some sick gear that I was showing you. You got uh, Philip Grubauer, Mark andre Fleury, and Aaron Dell showing off their gear. Uh, how do you feel about that Aaron Dell setup? You I w- thought it was really nice, man. I, I really like the way that he does his gear. He always has, like, 
one of the nicest sets in the league. Ugh. And you, I don't get why you don't see more goalies jump on it. Like More creative. The helmets are always super creative, but yeah. the pads, a lot of them like the traditional look of just like the, the goalie pads that are up behind Matt here, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think more guys should get into like the custom aspect of it, the way that uh, Aaron Dell and even uh, Grubauer jumped on it kind yeah. of too. Yep. Yeah. You can now, like, there's so many, like, uh, I mean, Arundel does the Bryans, and with Bryans you could do fucking anything. Mm-hmm. But as a pro, like, me, if I went to, if I went to Vaughn as, like, just some, like, beer league dude, and I was like, hey, Vaughn, can you put, like, this sick custom, like, graphic on there? They'd be like, no. Like, we don't do it for you at all. Like, if you're a pro and, like. The new Bowers that I was looking at that I talked about for my wedding gift, they would do it for you. They would do it for you? Yeah, they would do anything. It was pretty cool. I'm loving how uh, everything's kind of switching up where you can be uh, way more. I mean, dude, if you think about it, like, if the guy's got the money, why wouldn't you take it? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I I mean, I said Just jack up the price. Don't tell the guy no. Just be like, yeah, it'll be 10 grand. Right. (laughs) I mean, I said that with Vaughn, like, again, with my V5s when I ordered the custom V5s where I wanted, like, VAU to be red and, um, uh, sorry, GHN to be black. Like, yeah, we don't do it for you guys. And I was like, I'll pay extra. Like, no, you're not you're not pro. But I'm glad they're moving in a way that people uh goalies can be more creative. And I that's it, man. Like your your gear is you. Like this this is you, man. So I don't know, be creative, look good. I don't know. Get yeah. get anything more <laughs> No, flurry, flurries looked really nice. I'm not a big fan of the tan pads that you see like it mimics like the old school the style, old and school I think Coopers, it's, it's yeah. cool, but it's it's not for me. I don't personally like no, it. You don't like it? Uh, they do like the waffle blocker too, which I think is kind of cool, but yep. I still wouldn't. I would never rock them. They're tan with like a bunch of like black circles on them. I yep. thought they were pretty cool. I, I like it. It's uh, it's like a mix too. It's like it's more old school, and then like uh, unlike the sides, they got the Chicago uh, black, red, and white. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was. Cool I did like Flurry. that addition to it for sure. Flurry, uh, Flurry's going to be one of those goalies where I can't wait to see how he does with Chicago. Uh, and then uh, Philip Grub, uh, what the fuck am I trying to say? Philip Grubau is coming out of left field to those. Uh, that's sick. Yeah, he's man. Seattle Kraken. I was uh, I was looking at the colors and like the light blue and everything. I'm like, oh, you could do so much with that. And I'm glad Philip Grubauer uh, has got those nice true gear going on. Um, but yeah, so let's move on from that. Uh, we got. Oh, shit. We already talked about Carey Price. That was on the list here. But, um, oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it or should I talk about the, yeah, you uh, got Moscow? It. All right. So, in a game versus Spartak Moscow and SKA St. Petersburg, uh, Mikhail Mamkin screwed up royally behind the net of Oscar Dansk. And I don't know. I, to be honest, I have no idea what the hell he did, but he somehow. So funny. He, he somehow kicked the puck pretty much to uh, Andre Kuzmenko of the SKA St. Petersburg, and he was able to one-time it to Antoine Berdasov. Sorry, these names are just the Russians. And uh, just smoked one past Oscar Dance. But it was such a play where you're just like, dude, you, know what? you, you, you even rarely see this shit in, like, beer league. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, so he basically has his head up looking for the breakout pass, and he's slowly, like, gliding forward from behind the net. And I think the puck just rolls off his stick and he doesn't realize it. But, like, most of these guys can feel it. And he gets it off, like, the heel of his stick so it's, like, in front of him. So he can still, like, reach with the stick and correct. But he, like, slips his skates up and basically like, tries to kick it back to himself. But fucking boots the thing right to the <laughs> forecheck. Gets the sick pass straight across and Dansk is fucked, dude. Just buries it. Like, smoke the thing, you know? There's a few things to pick up on that. Is like, one as the um, Andre Kuzmenko, the, the forward there, to... Everything happens so quick. Like, in a play that doesn't happen a lot, like, to have the mentality to quickly, like, get the puck and be like, oh, there's my teammate right mm. there. Let me pass it to... It's also interesting that they had two guys that deep on a four check. Right. I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know why they would have that. I don't know either. But it, it was just, uh, it was actually real funny to see. Now, as a goalie, like, what would what would you do in that situation if you're Oscar Dan? Just, like, pad stack or... No, yeah, he did the right thing. He came out, challenged the shot. The pass isn't his responsibility. Mm-hmm. But it's still there. So he was, like ready and able to be there, but the guy just roofed it, looked it over him, you Mm -hmm. know? Those are hard plays, man. It's just like, if you can make the save, do it, but I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't really put that on Oscar Dansk at all to... I'd say it's entirely on on Dansk, no? Thanks, man. All right, cool. (laughs) Goalie podcast. Um, 
Go so on. let's move on uh, to another uh, leg here. We got Yarma Yager got the first goal of the year. Uh, one thing we noticed uh, after watching this was his long ass stick. Yeah, massive dude. It looked it's like, like a uh, Dano Chara like pro return. Yeah, I think it was uh, was it Kuznetsov on the Caps was like, oh, can I use your stick to Chara? Yeah, it looked like that, dude. The thing is huge, huge, man. It's massive. He goes to celebrate and he holds it up. He looks like fucking Darth Maul with a lightsaber, dude. I was like, oh, that's cool. And as we're both watching, <laughs> it, we're like, holy shit! Like his stick just keeps yeah, going. Yeah. So that was his first goal of the season with the Cladno Knights, the team that he had that quote about that we talked about earlier this season. Uh, this is the third game of the year. Yager is 49, playing in his 34th pro season. He's been playing pro since he was 15. That, and that, insane. and I think he started his career with Cladno. I'm not 100. percent This dude knows nothing more than hockey and playing in the pros. Dude, he started his career with Cladno in Czech. That's sick. And banging hot chicks and Jesus, saying, dude. you know, just put it on social media because I don't give a shit. Nice. You nice know what I'm talking about? Nice, nice. That yeah, dude. I, we've talked about that. I talked about that on here. Yeah, it's don't. the fucking most legendary shit. Leg. You got nothing more on the Yaga besides Yaga just being an absolute legend. Dude, 49 is. years old, still scoring. That's insane. He's almost 50, dude. He's almost like, 50. That's nuts. And My it, back hurts getting up. To be playing for 34 straight years, too. That's nuts. But we talked about him and the reason why he's still playing, too. It's just like, if didn't he say is like, if I had it my way, I'd be out, but I'm doing this for the guys on the team? Um, he he would leave the club and go play somewhere else. He was saying, but this, oh oh, I thought he said he was done. He no, yeah, he wanted to go somewhere else and play, but he's like, I, I really can't. But um, dude, this guy, like, whenever he's on a team, he meets up with the the rink manager, and they're like best friends, no matter where he goes, because he will go to the rink. They'll play a game from seven to ten or seven to eleven, however long the game goes. Get off the ice, shower, change. Once the arena's empty, he'll he'll come back and the dude will unlock the door for him at midnight, fucking one a.m. and he'll go in and skate with like a fucking heavy like weighted vest on, skate on the ice for two more hours. Guy will lock up, he'll lock the rink up for him, and then fucking holy yeah, shit. yeah, and then get up in the morning to go practice bag skate with the guys. It's nuts. The guy's regimen is fucking unreal. That's why he's so fucking ripped, dude. Wolverine. Yeah, for real. Oh shit, I didn't know about that. Um, and then last thing I have here, a little PLL note, uh, Paul Rabel has retired from professional lacrosse. This guy is like the Wayne Gretzky of, of lacrosse, man. He's like built and grown the game so much. Even from day one, he was like the best player in the MLL when it was a league. Um, he actually started the PLL, which is the, the league that I've been talking about, the premier lacrosse league. And he was like the owner GM and played in the league. So I think it's good that he's getting into the back end. I think his play kind of dipped a little bit in age, but this guy has like, Highlight reels. There's there's an all star game where he like jumps over a car and scores. It's hilarious. There's so many cool videos of Paul Rabel. He's like one of the best lacrosse players of all time. So if you don't know him, check him out. Paul Rabel, R A B I L. Um, yeah. And then uh, another quick thing too. Uh, the Chaos have actually won the PLL championship over the Whip Snakes. The Whip Snakes have won the last two championships. And Blaze Reardon got the MVP. He's the second goalie to ever win the award. He led the league in saves with 149 and save percentage with 61%. That's pretty sick. Yeah. I, I mean, so is this the imagine naming goalie? your kid Blaze. Is this his, oh shit. His name's Blaze Reardon. Dude, Blaze. <laughs> Comes out with like flaming red hair. And yeah. Like, yeah, we're naming him Blaze. <laughs> oh, uh, like uh, Blaze from uh, Dodgeball. Ball mm-hmm, me Blazer. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's pretty, so is this is this the goalie from lacrosse with like the big gear, or is this the no. goalie lacrosse with no gear? Yeah, no gear. This that doesn't make sense to me. I, why does? And did some... you hear the save percentage number, dude? He's the best goalie in the league with sixty-one percent. <laughs> NHL is like nine-one-three is like good. Sixty-one percent is the best in the league. Like barely half the time, I make a save. <laughs> <laughs> like you're the best. Yeah, dude. Best out there. <laughs> How's he do it? <laughs> How does he do it? Well, I guess when post game interview when you only let in thirty goals a game, you're the best. Post game interview is like, yeah, sometimes it hit me, sometimes Those it don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just bruised up, <laughs> dude. They are man. Those guys fucking eat it. I don't know how they do it. I actually played a little bit when I was playing, but it's not really fun. I don't like it as much. No. Um. Yeah, so that that's it for... Oh, ah, we did miss one thing. Who do you have winning the Stanley Cup next year? If you want. We we did this last time when we finished our predictions. We just went through and uh, just picked a team. Yeah, do it. So do it. I'm going to give you your teams first, and you tell me who's winning the Cup. So you have Boston, Toronto, Tampa, and Florida. Mm-hmm. You have Vegas, San Jose, Calgary, Edmonton. You have Chicago, Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg. 
And you have Pittsburgh, Carolina, the Islanders, and Columbus. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh... It's weird, man. No flurry in Vegas, no Grubauer in Colorado. Yeah, it's like you got to think about all the changes going on. Like, you got Robin Dude, Leonard. Can Tampa three peat? I, I That's thought, a serious question, man. I thought about that when I was uh, doing the breakdown. I was like, it seems like it's a possibility, yeah, man. They could do it. I don't know. You know what? Let me fu- let me do it. I'm gonna throw. Ta- I'm gonna throw Tampa Bay Lightning. You're doing Tampa. Yeah. Wow, that's bold. I'm going with the New York Islanders this year. Islanders. I want. I want them to win it. So that's kind of why I want. Why yeah. I'm picking them. I mean, we picked them over the Bruins. Yeah, but that was just. I don't know. It, there's there's being a fan and there's like understanding hockey. Hockey and that's general, what I think. Yeah. Like you can be a fan and just be like, they're gonna fucking win every game. That's great, dude. But like, do you have any actual insight on the game? You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's I want them to win every game too. But team. that's like not how the game works. Right. <laughs> so that's all I got. Uh, that's so all I got. Tampa and New York for the winners. What about? Oh, okay, never mind. Well, what were you going to say? I was thinking, uh, no, because uh, even in the other division wouldn't work because I was like, oh, Tampa versus New York. But no, yeah, no, that's not going to work. Um, yeah, that's it. I guess that's it for uh, all the divisions. We got a few weeks left. <clears throat> yeah, I know that Vegas plays their first preseason game on September 26th. Mm-hmm. So that maybe will drop. No, we actually won't drop another episode before the preseason starts. So your next, this episode will drop on Monday the 20th. Next episode drops on the 27th. So the preseason will have started. This is the last time we talked to you before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, TNT and uh, Disney and ESPN are all have the games for you. That's good, no yeah. More, uh, we could dive into NBC. that next uh, next week there. Give yep. uh, some content for I'm sure we'll get more on that. Uh, we already got a lot on it, but uh, should be, there'll be more on that to tell people where to watch the games. It's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be weird not being on NBCSN. Yeah, yes It's kind of no. weird not... I mean, I feel like the move from like versus to NBCSN was a lot uh, smoother than it was. It would be going to TNT. Yeah, I do think I do think it's going to be hard to match NBC, but it's also a Goliath that is Disney and ESPN. I think they'll be able to get the job done. But, oh yeah, for sure. Um, NBC just did a really good job at it. I really like the announcers that they picked, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be cool to see. I think we saw Paul Bis- Paul Bissonette got a job with TNT, right? As yeah, an analyst there's a few or things. Paul Bissonette. Uh, Nasher, uh, from Rick, Rick Nash. Rick, no Nasher from uh YouTube. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, he got some kind of job working with the ESPN, uh, so they're picking up like guys who are uh, kind of well known. Bissonette, I can't. What what is he again? He's like a uh, what the hell is he doing again? I gotta. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll he's talk a podcast about this. host. He's he's a podcast host for uh, Spitting Chicklets. Yeah. and uh, yeah, and yeah. He's also color commentary for the Arizona Coyotes games. Or, oh, or radio broadcast, do? I forget. Yeah, it's either video or radio color okay. he does. We'll have more information on that later. I saw, I saw that, and I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to be talking about that this week, so let's not talk about it. But He does a ton of uh, like actual content, too, just like random bullshit, which is cool. Really? Yeah, there's one called like Biz Nasty Does BC, and obviously he does the golfing, um, fuck, what do they call it, sandbaggers with uh oh, You're way more Whitney into that than I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hockey. It's content. <laughs> I'll eat it. No, 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 no. All right, let's do it, buddy. Let's uh, let's end this off. Uh, let's have a uh, non-crazy uh, episode next week. How are you doing with like the breakdowns? I'm liking the uh, splitting up four teams each. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm down to split split some work. Word. Um. Uh, all right, makers mark this week. So I got Captain Morgan spice rum, hundred spice rum. Oh shit! Hundred proof. Hundred proof. That's all right. Mine's uh, mine's ninety proof. So, all right, let's doing about the same. We'll this die together. Won't go well. Bourbon. I'm gonna throw up. Cheers. <sighs> oh, why did I do that? <sighs> oh God. I I picked that thinking it was gonna be a good move. <clears throat> wow, you're hurting over there. That's how I know you're quiet. I'm focused. <laughs> Trying to put this shit back in the oh. bottle. Oh. Focused on not throwing up. 
<clears throat> Maker's Mark is good though. I just I just don't like shooting things. <sighs> I'm a pacifist. <laughs> oh Jesus, that is that is rancid. I didn't know I got hunterproof. That, that's my problem. I thought I just got a Captain Morgan. Uh... Oh my God, I gotta make like a. Um... I gotta make like a compilation video of like all our reactions. Oh, that's shit. pretty funny, actually. We should do that. Maybe episode fifty, we'll have that on YouTube. We'll just, have like just like cheers, bud, cheers, pal, cheers, bud, cheers, pal. We're just slamming them and just like, all in like a fucking twenty minute long video and all in like one go. You know how like you can quick. Mix, you know, you know, you know how like uh, some videos is like fifty like audios just going all yeah off at once. yeah. That's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah, just like fifty audios of just going oh, just like. <laughs> Fucking bad. All right. Uh, want to call us out there? Yeah, you did it last week, so I'll call us out. Thanks, That's everyone, it. for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Dick. That's your move. Do it. I'm not I'm not ending it until Bye, guys. you do it. Bye.